of America, Washington, D.C., signing on. Gorilla Camp, located deep in the heart of rural northern North Carolina. Of course, it is I, NC Scout, the best-selling author of the often imitated now, I should say, often ripped off, because there's been several titles that have popped up out there that are all now special, super-secret gorilla so-and-so uh, guide to the Baofeng Radio, right? But that's what happens when you're a trendsetter. Anyhow, the original, the authentic, the number one bestseller, Gorilla's Guide to the Baofeng Radio, available on Amazon as well as Brushbeater.store. And with Brushbeater.store, if you have not perused the products over there, we have a number of things uh, for you, including all of the field manuals that I put back into print, T-shirts, logo gear, patches by popular demand. The patches have been hot sellers out there. A lot of you are really, really into the identification of friendly forces. And uh, IR reflective patches, as well as the standard uh, regular resistor patches out there that of course are uh inspired by the contra fdn uh back in the day and um you know it's it's really been something to see the web store take off the way that it has it's it's been an absolute wild ride but but a great one and something uh that i'm very very proud of with this audience uh, this is one of the, the best audiences, I think, anywhere found on the net. Last episode, the last episode that I did with the one, the only, the Virginia gentleman, Mr. Stan, uh, my frequent guest in uh, and partner in thought crime uh, over on uh, uh, the Privy Council as well as Council on Future Conflict. And, of course, the one, the only, Joe Dolio of TacticalWisdom.com. That episode got 7,000 downloads, many of which were in its first 24 hours. That is a record. That is a personal record. I thought when I uploaded that episode, man, it was three hours long. We we just kind of like, it, 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 was, it was something. And uh, I thought that that, that episode was probably going to get a lot of heat, first of all, for its, its length and the fact that uh, the the material that we covered was, you know, it, it have to lay it all out there, you know, give it give it straight, 
you know, the the unfiltered, the raw truth that that needs to be put out there. And I figured that it was going to get a lot of heat, and instead it didn't. We we ended up trending number one, uh, trending number one on the Podbean platform, and uh, pushed us up to number one for a little while. And of course, uh, right after that, had to take off, had class, and um, you know, got to got to spend some time down in the great. Palmetto State teaching a wonderful group of Patriots. RTO, advanced RTO. We did some really cool stuff in the woodline and uh, had just a, a really, really incredible time. Um, you know, it, it, and anytime I can get out in the woods, you know, this is something that I told them in class, and, and I tell every class this, but I, I told them, you know, we, we kind of had one of those sidebar conversations uh, because they're. It, it just the 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 atmosphere of camaraderie, the atmosphere of uh, being with a group of switched on guys that have all come together, that have all come together from their uh, very well versed professional lives, coming together for a common goal, and they're learning some good skills. You know, I told them that that when we were in Garrison this is what we did a lot of times, you know, if, if we didn't have any hard events on on the training schedule where, you know, you're going to ranges or, uh, you know, there were other mandatory unit events that, that we were doing as, as part of our, uh, you know, training schedule, because every unit, every military unit has a, a mission essential task list, right. Or a medal. And you create a schedule around that metal to train on those critical tasks. And then, you know, in, in every infantry unit, you know, everything annually kind of revolves around expert infantry badge testing and then getting guys to schools, right? So you have a uh, pre-ranger that, that is on the calendar that's, that's perennially on the calendar and then, you know, pushing guys to, to all the schools, right? And, um, you know, and, and those, are, those are unit requirements, Right, there's a unit requirements and um, you know professional development schools and everything else. But when you you have uh, that those gaps in the calendar, the mark of a good NCO is or, or non commissioned officer is pushing his guys out into the field, getting them out of the company area and going and doing something productive. You know, and so at Bragg, what we would do is we would go out to Area J or we would go out. Uh, one of the drop zones and, and we would set up commo stations, you know, we'd be building those improvised antennas. We'd be putting them up in the field. We'd be building hide sites. We'd be, uh, you know, not tying, right. Cause not tying is, is critical. We would have lanes where, you know, all right, you know, demonstrate all the knots right to the standard. Here you go. You know, and, and, uh, basic survival tasks, right. Go out, build, build little, little fires, Right, go out, build shelters. Hey, we're gonna be overnight in the field. Are we gonna do anything formal? No, we're just going out there. Right, we're we're getting away from garrison. And and it was one of those universal truths that if you get away from the flagpole, right, the further away you get from the flagpole, the easier your life is because it looks like you're being productive, and you are. Right, you are. That's that's the thing. Is like I always had so much fun just going to the field and soaking up all the knowledge that I could. Uh, as a Joe 
from the older NCOs because they, they were out there and it was like a less formal, less rigid environment where, you know, you could, everybody could kind of put their hands in their pockets and, uh, you know, it, and, and you're actually learning things. You're learning the, the, the way the world really works. And, um, you know, when, when you begin to digest that, your army experience is, is a hell of a lot better like that, or at least it used to be. Right, at least it used to be. I, I don't know about now. I don't know what the Army looks like now. But we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about that in this episode. Uh, some disturbing trends, some things that I've seen. And we're going to be diving into that a little bit. But the moral of the story is, is that RTO course, we were taught exclusively outdoors. Right. And we had to pause for a little bit because we, we had a torrential downpour uh, in South Carolina. You know, there was some lightning. I don't care about rain personally it, that, you know, obviously it doesn't really bother me that much. Lightning, though, not a good idea to be in the wood line uh, when when a lightning storm's coming. You know, it, it, so paused for a couple of hours. But yeah, I told the guys when we got back together, this is the best example of some of the best times that I had in the field when I was in the army. And I tell every class that, that, you know, this, this is being able to do what I do when I'm teaching. I have so much fun doing it because it is quite literally the best times that I had in the army without all the bad ones, you know, without all, all the, the really, really shitty ones where, you know, you, you got to chapter dudes out. You got to, you know, go pick them up from jail. You got to write counseling statements. You got to do, you know, kind of, kind of herding the sheep. And, um, you know, you, you, I don't have to do all that. I get to teach you and I get to interact with you. I get to break bread with you. I get to watch your skills develop. I get to see that aha moment. I get to see the faces light up. And man, that is... It is a reward like none other, like you would not believe. And I am so, so proud to be a part of it. And the best thing is, the best thing about all that is, is watching the community develop around it where you guys are sharing those skills. There's nothing in the world like it. There's nothing in the world like it. And so uh, for that, you know, I, I really, I really just can't thank you enough. Before we dive any further into the show, quick shout out to the show's sponsors, TNT Radio, the Horve Morvik Show. You need to be listening to that if you're not already. It is in the daily rotation for me. I've been a guest a couple of times on there. And if you want some of the sharpest political commentary on what's really going on in the world, Horve Morvik Show. TNT Radio, you can find it on TNTRadio.com as well as uh, on the Podbean app and wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, he is on all of them, as well as all the other great show hosts over there on TNT Radio. CivilDefenseManual.com, two-volume set with the one, the only, Mr. Jack Lawson. Of course, I wrote the communications chapter in that book, and I think that makes it worth it alone. And a lot of people have shared that opinion, including Mr. Lawson himself uh, being featured on uh, featured guest on several other shows 
out there, uh, pretty well-known ones, and he's had some really good things to say. But that manual, uh, both uh, volumes of that manual are chock full of relevant and increasingly important information on keeping you safe in the real world. And this is a much more dangerous world that uh, we are certainly entering. Blacksmith Publishing. My very good friends, Paul LeFevre and Mike Blackburn, they wrote the Army's Small Unit Tactics Handbook that is mandatory reading in the Army Special Forces Small Unit Tactics course. That alone should be mandatory reading for that reason on your list. But, of course, they also have a number of other incredible titles out there. Iron Sharpening Iron is definitely top of the list, a must-read, in my opinion. That is mandatory reading for all Christians. I think if you are an American man and you are a Christian, you owe it to yourself to read that book. Of course, uh, I would be remiss to not include... Tactical Wisdom, last, certainly not least, and my uh, frequent partner in thought crime, Mr. Joe Dolio with Tactical Wisdom blog, as well as his four-volume series that is available on his site, as well as Amazon.com. And speaking of series, speaking of series, The Gorilla Dispatch, volumes one and two are available on Amazon. Dot com as well as brushbeater.store volume 2 is going to be inbound. It is inbound now. I should have it in hand on the 11th of April. That is the timeline for when that is going to drop and I will have it on the web store that day. A lot of you have reached out. You want this book but you want to buy it from me. Hey, I get it. I get it and I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. If you want your copies now, and a lot of people do, Volume 2, of course, is the number one new bestseller in survival and emergency preparedness on Amazon.com. And, of course, it has been a hot seller. Volume 1 has been a hot seller as well. And, of course, The Gorilla's Guide to the Baofeng Radio, number one bestseller now, literally since December 2nd. Since December 2nd. It has been the number one bestseller in both radio communications and radio operation and has frequently been in Amazon's top 1,000 books. So definitely uh, the reading list, the summertime reading list, I think, I think personally, just, uh, you know, my, my opinion on this. A lot of people have their uh, fiction reading lists and there's a lot of great fiction books out there, a lot of great fiction books out there. Uh, a lot of great ones, but I think, uh, me personally, I think that a lot of nonfiction needs to be on your summertime reading list. Uh, a lot of nonfiction needs to be on there because, you know, we can learn some things from fiction. We can certainly learn some things from fiction, but you know, you need to be getting those hard skills too. You need to be getting those hard skills. Um, you know, and, and uh, with that said, the fall schedule on brushbeaterorg slash training calendar will be going up very soon. A lot of you are emailing me questions wondering uh, when, you know, the, the uh, finalized fall dates are going to get up there um, very, very soon. 
very soon. I'm waiting on uh, the stars to align on a couple of uh, classes that are uh, I'm hosting on my end. Uh, some instructors that, that I'm bringing back out here by popular demand. Classes that, that were just huge. And, you know, going to be bringing them back. Going to be bringing them back. And I've got some, some uh, other things that are going to be on the calendar as well that I think you're really going to enjoy. So, uh, with all of that said, definitely keep an eye out, and there will be an announcement that's going to be made on that. So, uh, that will be inbound soon. Anyway, going back to the first part of the episode, going back to the first part of the episode, the state of the Army. The state of the Army, um, you know, a lot these days is made of the social conditions uh, the stuff that's going on. And I know uh, a lot of you out there kind of were expecting me to talk about Trump's indictment today. Uh, I had several emails. A lot of people reached out on Twitter as well. You know, kind of my thoughts. I already talked about Trump's indictment. I already talked about this. I, I knew it was going to happen. Okay. We all knew it was going to happen. That, that wasn't a surprise to anyone. Um, you know, I did watch his speech last night. We, we were originally uh, anticipating a show uh, that we're going to do with Virginia gentlemen. We were going to talk about, um, sheep herding and kind of getting into the practical end of livestock raising and, and, uh, so on and so forth. And that show is going to happen. He had some last minute commitment that, uh, had to come up. Hey, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, we, we, this, this, sometimes things just don't work out. I was, I watched the Trump speech. I mean, he didn't say anything that, that, you know, we didn't already know or, you know, it, it was it was very mechanical. It was exactly what was predicted, um, and and uh, you know this this whole thing, it, the weaponization of uh, the Justice Department, the individual district's attorney, uh, those the DA offices across the United States, um, the the increasing leftward migration, and so I've talked about this ad nauseum. You know, I've, I've, I've talked about this. Long-time listeners know that I have talked about this. I've written about this. And what we see now, what we see now is really nothing more than uh, the, the product of the promotion of failure, right? We, we have a cultural issue in the United States. We have many. But one of the big ones is that among the, the professional classes that, that make up the pillars of civilization, justice being one of them, education being another, uh, medicine is yet another, uh, our application of medicine, our, our quality of medicine is yet another. But we have a, a culture of the, the promotion of failure. And, you know, Alvin Bragg is not a smart person. Okay, he has a JD behind his name, but he's not a smart person. And, and everybody knows this. And, and most of the people in the Manhattan DA's office, not smart people. All right. Are they intelligent on paper? Sure. Uh, sure. But they're not smart people. If you listen to their, uh, their, their pressers, right, the one yesterday of Alvin Bragg, they're not smart people. All right. A smart person, an intelligent person, does not identify its own logical fallacies, right? The, the statement of saying, uh, we're not going to normalize criminal behavior while you are normalizing criminal behavior is dumb. 
Okay, this is dumb. It, this isn't a, a partisan political issue. This is just dumb. Okay, uh, Megan Rice, who is really, uh, by uh, some people's estimation, and there's some rumors out there, she, she's the actual one that's pulling the strings here, and I, I would believe that. She's not very smart either. Okay, they, they, they telegraphed their intent, which is not a smart move, tactically. You telegraph your intent, you tell the world you know, what, what you're going to do. This is stupid. Okay, we, we've promoted an entire culture of failure. And this is what you get. When you do that, this is what you get. People have been asking, both on the left and the right, uh, you know, Alan Dershowitz yesterday, I did watch some of the commentary, Alan Dershowitz saying, um, you know, oh, I, I can't believe that this is a very uh, disastrous turn for American justice. Is it? Is it? Because we've promoted a, a culture of failure. And when you promote the dumbest among us, and you don't hold a high standard, right? This is what you get. You get people who don't see anything wrong with running things like a banana republic. Okay, you get people who don't see that when you 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 have actual criminal behavior, right? On part of the left, okay? Th- this is and we've ignored this. Right, we've ignored this. The crimes of the Clinton Foundation, the crimes of the Biden Foundation, and you're only prosecuting one side for relatively minor infractions. Huh. This is creating a, a very serious inconsistency in law, but of course they don't see this because they, you know, even though they uh, check the box for legal philosophy. They didn't actually read the words of H.L.A. Hart or Ronald Dworkin. They didn't actually read and understand the logical points that were being made. Right? These are two very important legal philosophers of the 20th century, uh, probably the most important legal philosophers of the 20th century. And this is the reason that they're taught in every legal philosophy course. Right? In every one of them, this is the foundation. So, we've promoted this culture of failure, and this is what we get. We seem to be surprised at the results. Okay, we seem to be surprised at the results that, that they don't. And they, the, the fact is, is that they don't actually see any problem with what they're doing. As long as it maintains the status quo, right? And the status quo for them is that they control the reins of power. Now, you know, but again, I, I went off on a tangent and I said that I wasn't going to do that. And, 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 you know, here we are. I, w- I want to talk about something else. I want to talk about something else that's actually more concerning to me. Uh, the, the Trump thing is what it is. Right? The Trump thing is what it is. But there is a viral video that's going around. Viral video. Uh, of course, this is in response to the Nashville shooting, which the uh, transgender community on the left has magically come up with this uh, almost uncanny ability to become victims. Almost uncanny ability to become victims amid all this. The shooter, the, the indisputable facts of the crime is that the shooter was a transgender person this made-up ideology, this made-up 
pseudoscience of butchering children, was a troubled youth. We know now had a manifesto that had been uh, targeting this school. Right, we we know all these things. It's all predictable. And this transgender agenda, the transgender activists have now uh, taken themselves and, and become the victim, right? They've placed themselves in, in the place of the victim. And if the shoe were on any other foot, if the shoe were on any other foot, the outrage would literally be running people out of the streets. But yet... They are, they are part of a, a protected class because you have protected classes uh, in, in American society and in, in the sickness that's in American society, right? And the military, one of our other pillars of civilization, the military is reflective of this. Now, you have to understand that the military had to be corrupted. It had to be corrupted for the communist takeover of the United States. They, they said this. This isn't conspiracy theory. This isn't tinfoil hat. This isn't, uh, you know, some wild-eyed uh, thing that, that is being promulgated out there. This was in their own words. They had to remove the United States military from the equation because the United States military represented the strength that would back up the interests of the United States economically across the world. And now you see where we are. Right. First, they eroded the industrial manufacturing base, which we no longer can get back. Right. We can't produce the things that we expended in Ukraine. We can't. Seven year timeline, 10 year timeline, indefinite timeline. Part of that's due to our own corruption. Right. A large part of it's due to our own corruption. But. You have to understand that these corrupt people were put in place on part of the left. The Lloyd Austins of the world, the Mark Millies of the world, nameless, faceless people, the denizens of the SES ring, right? The senior executive service. We know this. Okay, we know this. You you know all that. But in order to corrupt the military in totes. Its ability to make war and project force is one thing. Its manufacturing base is yet another. But that will to fight, the fighting man, the sharpness of the fighting man, right? The actual man in the arena, as President Theodore Roosevelt would put it, the man who was, by the way, singularly responsible for the rise in the United States' military might, he was when he was the Secretary of the Navy and then later the President. In order to corrupt that, you have to corrupt its fighting force. We saw this with West Point. Right? Everybody knows the picture of the raised fists at West Point. The corruption of the culture at West Point. The professor and the lecturer staff at West Point, the corruption that's gone on, and, and I can speak for West Point. The, the, this is this applies to all the military academies, but specific examples I can reference for West Point. All right, combat arms, 
The introduction of women into combat arms. It's a non-starter and everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. And yet, here we are. Here we are. And interestingly enough, I was having this conversation while in South Carolina with a uh, medically retired member of uh, Special Forces. And um, we were having that conversation. And women, women in combat arms has nothing to do with quote unquote women's equality. It has everything to do with career progression, right? Everything to do with career progression. There were women that were saying, well, you know, if he has a CIB, he has a Ranger tab, he's an SF, that they, their careers, this, this is, you know, I can't, I don't have that available to me, and so my career is going to get stunted. It has nothing to do with combat readiness. It has everything to do with them wanting their career tracks. That's all it is. That's all it is. Padding that OER or that NCOER. That ERB, right? That's exactly what it is. So we listen to the most incompetent people in the room. The communists took advantage of the situation and has promoted and promulgated this. And what do we have now? So there's a viral video that's going around uh, of this uh, Staff Sergeant Claire Yost, right? Staff Sergeant Claire Yost, who is a LGBTQ activist in Radford, Virginia, also just so happens to be a staff sergeant. And uh, we've got some of the audio here in the background. She's also Staff Sergeant in the Army Reserve Unit that's there. Drill Sergeant and that unit's SHARP representative, which is Sexual Harassment uh, assault and rape prevention person. And while, okay, on paper, that sounds like a good thing. It, it, it is my experience and, and the experience of, of every other combat arms man out there with, with combat experience. These people are a major pain in the ass. Okay, why is it that uh, a, a sharp representative is needed Right in, in a combat arms unit made up of all men, I, I, I it's beyond me. But uh, anyhow, that's that's neither here nor there. Right, I'm removed from all that now. So whatever. Right. It's, but anyhow, this is the she decided to take the TikTok, which I think is uh, fascinating. Because so TikTok is we know the the big Chinese. Uh, the, the, the big Chinese spyware. So this, this uh, woman um, is this leader in the United States Army, albeit in the reserve. She's a drill sergeant. So she's tasked with the training and indoctrination of soldiers, right? In initial entry training and basic training and AIT. She's in the Army Reserve. Okay, I get it. She's not doing this full-time. She's not a full-time drill sergeant. However, she is tasked with instruction of initial entry soldiers. Do you understand the problem here? So she takes to, to TikTok, which already is a failure, right? That, that's already a failure, a discipline failure. Because DOD-wide, they, they should put a moratorium on this. She takes to that advocating for civilian disarmament. Of course, we've seen other videos. There was another one out there uh, that made its rounds, I think, about 12 months ago. Another, uh, you know, shaved head, 
girl giving her opinions, right? NCO also giving her opinions on what a civil war in America would look like. All right. I want to remind you, I want to remind all of you out there that we did not win the last two wars. I fought in them. I was there. We didn't win them. Iraq, Afghanistan, we didn't win them. And they were insurgencies, right? We spent a lot of money, blood, sweat, tears, and treasure on counterinsurgency. And we didn't win. The next American Civil War is going to be an insurgency. You understand that, right? We're in the middle of an insurgency now. And this uh, staff sergeant, giving drill sergeant, giving us uh, her opinions, and the Chinese, by the way, she's giving them her opinions as well, on TikTok. She's probably giving them a lot of other things. It took all of a a, a 20-second search to find this girl and her opinions. She's very, very uh, much into giving the world her opinions uh, in Radford, Virginia. Talking about civilian disarmament. Talking about civilian disarmament, justifying civilian disarmament. You know, Article 134, Article 134, anything that brings discredit to the service is covered in that. Anything that is contrary to good order and discipline is covered in that. And that is a court-martialable offense. Of course, we know that there's a double standard. Compare the treatment that this girl's not going to get. Right? Nothing's going to happen to her. Let, let's just let's get the elephant in the room. Let's get that out of the way. Compare that treatment to Colonel Stuart Scheller, Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller. Correction. Right? Let's compare treatments. Let's compare treatments. He did the same thing, but from the other angle. He wanted accountability. For why his brothers in arms were left hanging in Afghanistan for the botched pullout. Which, by the way, by the way, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin told us before Congress that he had no regrets. None. Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller, however, is a man of action. He's a man that's been there, that's done that, that led his Marines in combat. He's got the medals and the scars to prove it. He's a good man. You take this, this staff sergeant, this drill sergeant, tasked with training and indoctrination of initial entry soldiers coming into the United States Army. You look at this, she's never been to combat. She got a slick sleeve. Right? That's what we call people that don't have combat patches, slick sleeve. Her own image that's now been shared Because when you put yourself out there, when you put yourself out there in the public arena, you better expect some blowback, right? Her gear that she had was all fucked up, right? If I saw a Joe show up like that with with, uh, the the, uh, uh, tightening straps, right? The straps on his chest rig flowing in the wind, strapping out, you tape that shit down, right? You tape that down. You just look sloppy. You look like you're not ready for a fight. And you're a drill sergeant? You gotta be effing kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Sitting on the ground. Your image is sitting on the ground. Sitting on the ground. No. Oh, no. 
I never, I never, ever, ever saw anyone in a professional capacity instructing a class while they were teaching sit on the ground. You don't do that. You don't do that. You carry around that little chair, right? We used to have the little fold-out stools that had the the fabric on it that was uh, that that was woodland camo. You got it at clothing sales, right? You carried one of those around. It was undisciplined for a leader to sit in the dirt, Indian style. No, no, that's what subordinates do when they're getting a block of instruction. This is what you're doing. This is a sad state of affairs. And so some of the commentary that was going on about this, of course, truthfully uh, raking her across the coals as she deserves. But this, this, to me, I don't really care about any of that. right? I don't really care about any of that. What I'm concerned about with, I don't care about people having opinions. They can have opinions, right? But in a professional capacity, in a professional capacity, you, you, know, you don't promulgate them. I worked with people I disagreed with. They disagreed with me. That's fine, but we didn't promulgate our opinions for the world to hear. Right? You don't do that because then you expect those ramifications. It's part of that good order and discipline of the organization to maintain the organization. But this is cultural rot. Okay? This is part of the cultural rot. So some of the commentary that's been going around is saying, you know, the, these are the people who, who would end up being death camp guards and, and uh, something to that effect. Both yes and no. Yes and no. We, we would have to get to that point. I don't think we're going to make it to that point. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that we're going to make it to that point. The logistics of the situation do not support that. Will there be some? Sure. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. What's more concerning is, is that these are the people who will be complicit with A, unlawful orders, and B, peacekeepers that will be brought in, outsourced labor from other nations. That's what you need to be concerned about. This person is part and parcel of the institutional rot and an indicator of it that has now infested the United States military and created a hollow shell. The 37th aid package has now went to Ukraine, authorized by the Biden administration, and is now taking weapons out of the hands of the fighting men that use it including reports that I've seen uh, online I have not yet verified coming firsthand from the 75th Ranger Regiment that rifles are being taken out of their inventory M4s are being taken out of their inventory to be given to Ukraine including optics including IR lasers, the entire package. Folks, you know, telling you that that we're in dire straits would be like saying water's wet. We got Chinese that are coming across the border in very high numbers now. They didn't just flee a communist regime. That isn't what happened. I talked about this in depth in previous episodes. Red Dawn in America, Parts 1 
and two. You need to go back and dust those off. I talked about this in depth, examined exactly where they would be coming from, examined the Chinese hegemony and their influence that has now spread and solidified their control over Central and South America. The role that Cuba plays in this. The role that Nicaragua specifically plays in this. And I'm going to be covering another one in the very near future. If you don't think that all of these things are related, you're wrong. You're wrong. The time to be armed and the time to be prepared is literally now, folks. Is literally now. And you need to get yourself trained. By any means possible. Build those groups. Build those bonds locally. Get yourself right. Physically. Mentally. And most of all, spiritually. I'll be back on the air very, very soon doing an episode. I'm going to specifically dive into the rise of uh, Chinese that are coming across the border from Latin America. We're going to be talking about that, the causal factors of that. We're going to be diving into it. Of course, I'm going to be on with the Privy Council tonight. And it is going to be a, a lot of fun. We're going to have, I think, open line. Wednesdays. So we're going to be fielding a lot of questions. I look forward to hearing from a lot of you out there. Uh, and get on in there. Of course, you can find that on both YouTube and Rumble. But I think, I think just kind of looking at it, the most audience interaction happens from uh, YouTube. Uh, still right now i think the plan might be to move it over to rumble exclusively but right now there's a lot of audience interaction that'll be on uh youtube exclusively so a lot of um a lot of good things on the calendar a lot of good things lining up and a lot of content is gonna get pushed out all right and i of course am working on my end to diligently give you the very very best because this community deserves it Brushbeater.store, Brushbeater.store, all of the logo gear, books, field manuals, things to get you prepared for an uncertain world and look cool while doing it. God bless. I'll talk to you again very, very soon. This is NC Scout, out.